Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to the Happy Single Mum podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we have a lovely lady from France, Ellen. She's got her own um, Instagram page called Sobriety Sisterhood and the reason why I wanted to speak to her is because um, I'm on a journey myself darling and um, when I saw her page I just thought you know what, I will have to reach out and she has said yes. So thank you so much Yay. for coming on the Happy Single Mum podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Please tell the audience a bit about yourself and your platform and the ethos surrounding your platform as well. Okay, so I, um, well, I've been in France since 2007. I got three kids and um, back in, well, it was December 2018. I was going to give up on in January 2019, but actually was so fed up with the way that I was drinking and felt like rubbish. I was just eating too much, drinking too much um, that I stopped on the 30th of December um 2018 and was going to give up alcohol for 30 days I do a, a thing called the whole 30 where clean eating um no alcohol and I'd done it for a few years on and off before um but always gone back to drinking so I'd very quietly given up alcohol for 30 days thought that I would treat myself at the end of the 30 days to a drink and then thought this is crap if I'm going to treat myself I need to stop drinking because I had high blood pressure I had right high resting heart rate the doctor wanted to put me on meds and I wasn't even 40 at that point and I was a fitness instructor so I knew that it was not doing me any good um so yeah I gave up and I didn't say it was forever I just kind of kept on going it's suiting me at the moment I'm not going to drink I'm not going to drink and here I am two years later I'm still not drinking so awesome. yeah so um did you, did you think you had a problem with it before though no not at all I was what I would class a normal drinker I loved drinking um I wasn't a sad drunk or a depressed drunk or a happy you know I was I would just have a drink at the end of the day, five o'clock. Um, you know, that whole mummy culture of, oh, treat yourself to a drink at the end of the day. And we lived in France where, or we still live in France, where it's wine culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, no, no particular rock bottom or yeah, problem I, or dependency. Because I stressed to you earlier the fact that I found myself... Um, drinking constantly when I'm cooking you know when my yeah getting finished work get my son from school he's doing whatever he's doing and whilst I'm in the kitchen I I've noticed I've had to have a glass and if I don't have a glass of wine I kind of feel like the food doesn't taste as good or yeah something goes wrong you know and I'm like why do I feel I'm using alcohol as an emotional pacifier because I'm so stressed out as to what I'm doing in the day thinking about ingredients thinking about my child that I've just started using alcohol just to 
parent, which yeah. you shouldn't use it to parent. No, it's a really, really strange culture that we've kind of created for ourselves of the old to deal with your children, you know, have a glass of wine or a few glasses of wine at the end of the day. It's the most random kind of thing. Well, actually, to be a decent parent, you need to be present. You need to be with it. You need to be not tired. I've I was constantly not sleeping very well. If I had one glass of wine, I would notice my sleep was disturbed, which would make me tired, which would make me grouchy and impatient and, yeah, and not that great with the kids. But at the time, I didn't think it was a problem. Just in hindsight now, I think um, breaking free of that habit was the best thing I could have done for me and the kids, definitely. So how did you come up with the page then, The Sobriety Sisterhood? Well, actually, I'm friends with Simon Chappell. I don't know if you've... um, heard of him he has the be sober group and I knew Simon back when I used to run the gym in the UK and he was a member of the gym and he would come in and he was a very enthusiastic drinker that's the way he puts it um and actually friends on Facebook and he had given up drinking and he'd become a sobriety coach um and I kind of I reached out to him and said actually that's something I'm really interested in getting into my friend had suggested I get into life coaching because of the support that I was giving her and I kind of thought "Mm, I'm not really sure what a life coach does or um but the sobriety coach really interested me because for me sobriety is like this light bulb haha this is what everybody should be doing um so Simon was um has helped me a lot with it and he suggested that I start the Instagram page so originally it was to kind of showcase the coaching but actually there's such an amazing sobriety kind of community on Instagram that I realized that people want to kind of hear the journey behind it as well. So I've started involving more kind of personal stories in it as well, which is great. And it's a really good community. And how do you actually help um, people? How do you help women? If I wanted to take, if I wanted to go on this sisterhood journey, how would you? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I'm, it's a kind of a coaching package where I do Zoom calls one-to-one and it's much like the kind of fitness coaching. It's just giving you the tools um, and an action plan of trying to change your mindset around alcohol. Because for me, it was very much after a few months realizing, do you know what? I'm not missing anything. My life is so much better without alcohol. Um, I've always struggled with my weight. I've struggled with my focus, um, keeping enthusiastic and disciplined about things. Whereas now I realize actually it was alcohol that was holding me back from a lot of that. I would use alcohol, like you just said, to kind of fill this void of boredom and what do I do in the evening? I'll have a couple of drinks. Whereas actually now I'm working on the coaching business. I'm working on getting fit and working towards all those goals. So that's what I help other people do as well to see that life without alcohol is, is amazing. So I yeah. do find that, especially with alcohol, especially with me, like I, whenever I would, you know, drink or have one too many, that I find that alcohol actually can take you. It's like it's like you're in a car; it can take you down two roads, either the happy road or the sad road. Yeah. You know, and you yeah. can't navigate where it would take you down emotionally. No matter how strong of a person you think you are, you cannot exactly. control it. There's a reason why they call it, I don't know, spirits. You know, because you can go yeah. down a dark place or a very light place. And I find that, especially if you're struggling with maybe finances or relationship, that it kind of amplifies that inner critic, you know, whether you're having a drink and you're 
feeling okay or the next day with that terrible hangover you just think oh why am I why have I got the hangover I you know it doesn't resolve anything really no as you say it amplifies everything it's uh, all the goods are really good but all the lows are really low as well yeah. and um and it's that energy that's what I found when I stopped drinking is looking at other people who were drinking changing their energy and somebody who the authentic then would be somebody who's quite reserved and quite shy oh I'm, I'm gonna have a drink because it makes me more outgoing well that changes who you really are and actually is that the authentic you that you want to put out there to people yeah. um and it changes that energy and sometimes I don't like the energy it gives people and and yeah. um, I start to think it, why is it that people always say that the truth always comes out when people are drunk or like yeah the 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 truth because I'm thinking to yes. husband, and that actually really is you you actually really wanted to say that you actually really wanted to call me fat you know you just yeah <laughs> don't oh, hide yeah. behind alcohol <laughs> It is. I don't know. I. This is the biggest thing is for me, finding the authentic me and being happy with that. I'm not, I was saying to my friend yesterday about, um, I, I've, I've ended up with one of my good friends who was kind of my drinking buddy since I've stopped drinking. We have parted ways and I said you know the good thing is is that I'm not going to get drunk and go oh I love you so much because the truth is yeah. I don't and I know that I'm that type of person once I've had a couple of drinks if I miss you so much I want you back in my life when the, it's that's not how I feel I feel like well yeah you weren't here to support yeah. me the level of regret yeah. people have is like when I'll, I'll, my girlfriends will call me and be like, oh, I text him. I don't know why I text him when I was drunk. And you just think, yeah. oh my God, you just kind of dig a hole. But one thing I did um, stress when I had a podcast with um, um, the Sober sober Mum Club um, yesterday, she said, I said, is there a way you can have a good relationship with alcohol? And then she said that we shouldn't even need to have a relationship with with alcohol and that's such no. a bad misconception that we have I I had it as well that like you should have but like maybe like one glass is fine or two but why do we even need to you know have that kind yeah of it's a really strange thing because um I just found as soon as I made the decision that actually I'm not going to drink it was like a weight being lifted because I would always go back to I'm going to moderate my drinking and I, well, I'll have one or I'll just have beer or I'll drink on the weekends, but then the weekends would become Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and the one, my glasses were like pint glasses, um, you know, so it just, it didn't work and it was, it, it would weigh me down. Um, and I do find that with other people that they want the magic, to, the magic kind of key to be that they're gonna moderate. I don't think it's possible and yeah I don't think you should have a relationship with alcohol really it's being free from it and being your authentic self and enjoying every moment and being present in every moment it beats being drunk so Ellen why do you think that a lot of people do struggle with alcohol then I think it's our culture in the UK especially it's just this rite of passage isn't it it's um you turn 18 or for me my goodness I was drinking from little and then out when I was kind of 13 drinking mad dog in 2020 um but it is just our rite of passage you are expected to drink and if you don't drink it's seen as slightly strange um but then life gets to you and 
all of a sudden you're filling this void with alcohol and if you're depressed you're filling your depression or you're feeding your depression with alcohol lots of people are using it to escape especially at the moment with the pandemic um so yeah it's it's a real kind of knife edge that it is used to celebrate to commiserate when you're happy when you're sad um it is just our culture isn't it we we work hard and then we think we drink hard to relax but in truth there's so many other things we could be doing to relax yeah. and that and is so good for it's us so funny that in the uk that's such a such a tight bond with alcohol like there was um, on lbc recently they were talking about um whether they sh- would you rather travel or would you have pubs open and lo yeah. and behold m- most people want the pubs open isn't it crazy 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 like <laughs> i was just talking to my mum about this she said why is everyone so desperate for pubs to open um I just don't understand. Oh, I don't understand it now, but I tell you what, when I used to drink, I would be there. You know, that was me. I'm not, um, I do understand it, I oh. suppose, but not now. Crikey. So yeah. um, how then, if you, have, as a woman, if you've identified the fact that you might have an issue with alcohol, how then can you stay sober? How do you navigate yourself away from depending on alcohol to get through motherhood to maybe deciding to exercise to do yoga to be more mindful to be more present what can we put in place of alcohol okay so I mean for me I think I would recommend people start journaling their reasons why writing down why they want to give up and the reasons they think maybe their relationship with alcohol isn't great and how they would like their life to be. For me, I realised that, I don't know whether it was a midlife crisis, because I I was 38 when I gave up, and I I kind of think, "Mm, is it a midlife crisis? I started looking at my life thinking, this isn't who I thought I would be. I'm kind of, I'm a grown up now, and I'm boring. I'm sitting here every night drinking, and I haven't achieved anything that I thought I would achieve. Um, So, yeah, I gave up, and all those things now I've got clear heads I can focus on so I would recommend to people that you really focus on your reasons why you want to give up what you envision your life to be if you do give up and focus on filling your time because as you said like you have a glass of wine when you're cooking or for me it was having a gin tonic as soon as my husband got home from work and then it would turn into wine with dinner and then a couple of drinks afterwards it's changing that habit to start off with the first 10 days are quite difficult and um, so if you can fill those couple of hours with doing something else and change your routine then that for the first 10 days is definitely um, the most important thing then it is really keep on writing down your reasons why changing your mindset around alcohol mm-hmm. and keep on referring back to those reasons why lots of people it all does go back to kind of some childhood trauma and that's for a therapist to deal with that's not for me to deal with but it's always interesting as to why the reasons why people drink so how then can you make um being sober cool well you see this is a funny thing i just saying this morning that i was introduced to somebody last month and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and she said to me um do you want a gin and tonic and i said no no thanks and she went well have a glass of wine and i said no honestly i'm fine and my other friend said, oh, she doesn't drink. And she went, well, you're boring, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, do you know what? My life since I've given up alcohol is far from boring. I've done so many things that 
before I wouldn't have had the confidence to do. So that would be my biggest recommendation for people is to start, you, you start finding this inner strength. Like I've given up alcohol, I've gone against the trend and I'm strong enough to do anything that I want to do. So I have traveled with my kids without my husband. I've traveled on my own halfway around the world. I went over to New Zealand to see my brother for my birthday last year. We did trips in helicopters. I did a skydive. I've started rock climbing, which, or indoor climbing, which before I was alcohol free, for years I had looked at the climbing wall and said, I really want to try that, but I haven't got the confidence to do it. And then now I'm like, I can take on the world. I can do anything I want to do. Um, so it is, it's finding all those things that don't focus around alcohol, but are really, really cool to do and fun to do. But it's good that you haven't let anyone penetrate you emotionally. And yeah, you're, I'm so surprised you didn't swear, in, swear, swear at her in, front, in French. <laughs> I don't know what you could have said, but that would be the first thing that came out of my mouth. You are a better woman than me. <laughs> it's kind of shock. And I tell you what, the other thing is, I... Um, I didn't for a long time I didn't have alcohol free drinks um I was quite happy with water I was just very strong in what I wanted to do I wanted to lose weight I didn't feel that I wanted to then have the calories drinking alcohol free drinks and things um but I went to my first social event and they did not know what to do with me because I wasn't drinking it made everybody else feel really uncomfortable that I wasn't drinking so that's when I learned that take a pack of alcohol-free beer and if people see you with an alcohol-free beer, they don't bother you at all. Um, yeah, no, just... no, you're, you're right. You're right. Because I have, I did say that when you do try and stop drinking, that's when it's presented to you. Like, come on, yeah. you know, let me buy you anything, champagne. And yeah. you're like, oh, do you know what? Okay, fine. You know, but if you actually do go equipped, then you're... Yeah, you're be... yeah definitely go, go um, ready to deal with that and it does make people feel uncomfortable because it then makes people think about why they drink maybe so they don't like that um so being very strong in your conviction and saying no I don't drink and removing all doubt from it um changing a dialogue about it is is quite I went when I went to New Zealand it was during just as the pandemic started um and I had five flights cancelled coming home it was all a bit kind of hit and miss as to whether I was going to make it home and we went round to my brother's uh, crew apartment because he works on a yacht and they were all very very drunk but they were oh you don't drink Mark's told us you don't drink so what can we get you to? and it was really nice they just um, embraced it straight away even though they were all drinking that's fine but uh, it wasn't even a question of well let me don't you want this don't you want that no it's good but um, so given that it's the global pandemic and mums are stressed out and um, life is happening, people don't know what's going to happen, what's going to happen with their finances, people are losing yeah. their home, people are dying. I had to explain to my nine-year-old son what death was because my auntie passed away and I didn't even... Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't even realise that kids are actually absorbing all this death on a daily yeah. basis. We're just living our lives, but you don't even think that your kids are kind of like, <laughs> they're absorbing it. Like I didn't acknowledge it up until the time that my auntie passed away and he didn't want to yeah. sleep in his own room he kept on like no. sleeping in my bed and like he would wake up in the middle of the night and be looking at me like what's wrong with you he said oh yeah. I don't want you to die like auntie died and I didn't even we were living life but we didn't even think that this kid is absorbing absolutely everything so as, yeah. a, as a mother like how then would you advise people that are listening now that are just fust- I know you said journaling but like if, are there any other tools that we can use just to try and not use alcohol as a substitute 
Uh, so a be kind to yourself mm. it's like these are extreme times and you're right for the kids it's just it's messed up for them and this is a massive percentage of their life isn't it like for us it's just a year but for, for the kids yeah I've got a seven-year-old son and it, it's crazy what they're um growing up in but yeah being kind to yourself um staying away from this mummy needs a drink culture for me I, I talk a lot about finding your sober community and for me actually my kids have been a massive part of my sober community so it used to be I would take them to activities and then I was very kind of detached in a way and I would get back and then I would have a drink and that was oh I can relax whereas now I have three children so they're always bickering and arguing and um, so what I do is I tend to kind of separate them and I you're saying about you have a, a drink with when you cook I get the kids cooking with me each night but I separate them so they each take it in turns and mm. um, it's yeah as long as everyone is alive by the end of the day and fed it's fine and um, you don't need to be a super mum you just need to be present for the kids and the best way you can do that is by being sober um, and yeah as I said when you're getting a good night's sleep when you're waking up without a hangover you are more equipped to deal with the kids without a doubt and with what they need at the moment yeah so where can people find you on social media i am on instagram sobriety sisterhood and um i have a facebook page and i have a private group on facebook as well so for anybody that is wanting to chat to other people within that group and not have it seen um then they can um apply for the group as well well that's brilliant ellen i yeah. want to thank you so much for coming on i know this is like the first time you've ever done the podcast but i can see a podcast. i feel like i can see the pod a podcast in you honestly <laughs> you. Such, i'm so nervous you are such a natural i want to thank you so thank much you. for coming on the podcast it's been amazing. thank you for having me and yeah. the information you're giving me is like yeah i'm, I'm gonna take it on board <laughs> Yeah, it's I want to be part of the sobriety sisterhood as well. <laughs> you are part of us. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>